Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ryan Thorburn. I cover Wyoming for the Casper Star Tribune, and we're firing this podcast back up. Uh, I'm the new slash old person on the beat. I know the podcast has been dormant for a while, but I've been uh, busy kind of get my feet wet and, you know, getting uh, those non-conference games out of the way. So uh, coming off a bye and with Wyoming getting ready to play Air Force in the Mountain West opener, I figured it was a, a good chance to fire up the podcast machine and uh, also to go down memory lane with my friend Robert Gagliardi, who uh, covered Wyoming for decades for the uh, Tribune Eagle and also the Boomerang. Uh, I want to have Robert on, you know, every week to kind of preview what's what's ahead for Wyoming and. Uh, uh, so let's get started with Air Force. First of all, Robert, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great, Ryan. It's uh, you know, it's 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 great to be on this podcast with you. It's an honor. Uh, it's just it's 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 a little odd though. You know, we're you know, it wasn't that long ago we were both covering this team, and uh, or we were covering games, and we we rarely got a chance to even talk with each other or even visit or chat or email or anything. And now we're now we're doing this, and you're back in Wyoming, and I. I think I speak for a lot of, you know, Wyomingites, Wyoming fans, that it's great to have you back and uh, your coverage of Wyoming athletics, even though you say you're trying to get your feet wet again and all this, you're doing a great job. And, you know, just a lot of very fortunate to have you back here in Wyoming. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I don't want to date ourselves, but <laughs> we met, we met in Laramie um, and we're on the same staff together at uh, the student newspaper, the branding iron. I believe you were the sports editor. Um, did you hire me, or did did I just show up and start doing stuff? Do you remember? I think you were already. I think you were already there. If if I hired you, then, then that was far and away the best hire I ever made in my entire <laughs> sports journalism career. But I believe you were already there. But you were already doing good work, and uh, you know, made my job pretty easy. Although you know. Then I don't even think we gave it a thought. I, I mean, I can't, I can't remember. Remember all the special sections and all the, was it what was it called? Varsity, the special game day thing we would do once in a yeah. while, and late nights up there, and you know, it was, it was just a blast. And uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of covering the Pokes back then. And uh, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we we got to continue to do that as well, and and other things throughout our careers. Yeah, I mean, I had some really good professors at Wyoming and I enjoyed the journalism program, but 90% of what I learned was just at the student newspaper and just doing it, you know, learning from mistakes and figuring it out. And I remember the first story I ever did was a profile on Joe Tiller because he was taken over as the head coach uh, for Paul Roach, who unfortunately for us retired right before we you know, got cranked up at Wyoming. I mean, those were the glory days for Wyoming people was the Paul Roach years, but Joe Tiller did a, a pretty outstanding job too. And, uh, you know, who would have thought he was so ahead of his time with that spread offense and everything. That's, that's one thing I remember. That's a good way to start out interviewing a, a pioneer like that. Yeah. You know, I remember before I became sports editor, but, you know, I remember having to do a football story and needed to get a hold of coach Tiller and, I'm sitting in the branding iron office and all of a sudden Joe Tiller just gives me a call. Hey, Robert, how you doing? It's like, whoa, you know, what's, I don't know if that would ever happen in this day and age, right? Maybe once in a while, but it didn't happen very often, wouldn't happen very often, but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, 
Joe Tiller did a lot of really good things at Wyoming. And I remember even in the, you know, in late in the career, I mean, that 10 and two team to 90, 16, the last time a Wyoming team started four and oh, like this Wyoming team has. And, uh, you know, the safety against BYU in the WAC championship game. And I still think a lot of Wyoming fans remember that. And I understand, I understand, but they should remember that he was one of the best coaches Wyoming's had, one of the best, as you said, one of the best offensive minds that Wyoming has had in its program and did a lot more good for that for the program than than one would ever, I think, even begin to realize, you know, and I think a lot, and, and this isn't anything against, you know, when Dana Dimmel took over, but a lot of the reason why Dana had success, don't get me wrong, he was a good coach, he had good coaches, he brought in some good players too, a lot of those were Joe Tiller's players. And again, you got to coach those guys, not taking anything away from Dana and his staff, but Joe was getting it rolling there. And if he had stayed, I really think Wyoming football would have been on an upward trajectory for a, a, a good time to come. Um, but that's, that's in the past. You can't dwell on that, but it was a, it's a lot of fun covering those teams, you know, and, and the players, you know, some of the all-time greatest to ever play at Wyoming played on those teams Marcus Harris Josh Walworth you know and the and the and the likes just to name a few so a lot of fun back then that's for sure yeah of course we were both uh graduated and uh making our way into into newspapers at in that by 96 um which was his last year um you were you know obviously at the Cheyenne paper and you know Ron Gold, Goldberg is was the sports editor of the Casper Star Tribune who hired me and, you know, he was, you know, covering Wyoming uh, back then. And he was he was such a great sports editor and, and such a great writer. But he let me go down in 96 to, you know, a number of games with him, including uh, the border war in uh, Fort Collins, which is obviously one of the classic games of all time. Um, and we can talk about that if you want. But what's interesting about that and me and you wrote the book, The Border War, three years ago together. And that's obviously one of the uh, top 10 border wars in our book. Um, if you haven't read that book, I highly encourage you to, to get it, not just because Robert and I wrote it, but because the border war is so great. And we'll get into more of kind of the border war storyline with uh, Colorado State flirting with leaving uh, the conference. But anyway, my point, long-winded point here is you know, we all, we remember that 96 border war so vividly, every moment of it. Um, but I don't remember the Air Force game that year. And we're, you know, Wyoming's getting ready to play Air Force here with a 4-0 record, but it was 22-19. Why don't I even remember that game? Well, the only reason why I remember that game is I was I was covering a high school football game. That was This was back in the day when you know, sports staffs would oftentimes travel to high school football games from, you know, to cover. And I was up in Gillette covering a high school football game, Central and Cheyenne Central and Gillette. And I'm pretty sure Gillette just waxed them. So, but I remember getting up at five in the morning or something like that and drove down to Laramie to help my sports editor cover the game. And, and I don't know about you, Ryan, but I know those were, look, we were getting our feet wet in journalism, you know, in sports journalism. And, and look, I loved covering the high schools or whatever, covered Frontier Days Rodeo, covered a lot of really cool things, but it was always just such a big treat to be able to go and write a sidebar or notebook or whatever at the Wyoming games. Because I think deep down, both of us wanted to be college athletics beat writers, and, and fortunately, we both were able to. But I remember that game. It was just a typical Wyoming Air Force game. It was kind of back and forth. It was close. It was a def defensive struggle. Wyoming did a good job of 
not letting Air Force's option go crazy. You know, Air Force was was its tough, gritty self as it was, and you know, Wyoming kicked a a very I think it was a pretty short field goal at the end to win it twenty two to nineteen, and uh, kind of didn't I don't know if it set the tone for that season, but it, it it was an early conference game, and it was an important conference game because Air Force was good that year. Seems like Air Force is good every year for that matter, but that was a an important game, and you know, kind of reminds me too is. As we go through, watch these first four games of this season, Ryan, you know, look, it hasn't always been pretty for the Cowboys, but they found ways to win. You know, they they rallied, you know, what, what three of the four games they really had to rally, you know, late, but they did it. I remember some of those 96 games, especially early on, well, even throughout the season, they had to rally, Not maybe not every game, but they had to rally. It wasn't always easy for them to win, even though they finished with 10 wins, nationally ranked and all that kind of stuff won the won their division played in the WAC championship game it wasn't it wasn't like those those Roach era years where they would just steamroll people all the time I mean this that team was a talent was talented they had to work for it as well and you know again to compare the 96 team with this with the 2021 team I guess you can you can try and it's fun but that's one thing I've seen so far from this Cowboys team is it might not always be pretty for them but they found ways to win. You never apologize for a win. Could could things be better? Absolutely. You never apologize for a win. I don't care if it's by one or if it's by 50. You, you just, a win's a win. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, speaking of that, I remember Goldberg going to the Iowa State game, which was, I believe, a double or a triple overtime game. <laughs> what I remember about that is just the stress of trying to get that, you know, working on the desk and trying to get that in the paper on deadline is what I remember. Like, how is he going to write this thing and capture mm-hmm. all that's happened and get it in and we're going to get it on the page. So it wasn't fun in that regard. I mean, working desk is uh, very stressful, um, especially back when we used to print, you know, and get everything in and it wasn't all online. Exactly. Um, but, right. you know, just to segue, my whole point was, I remember, you know, the Iowa state game. I remember, um, you know, they were 9-0 and and lost a really tough one at San Diego State. And obviously the classic border war and then the agonizing defeat to BYU in overtime where uh, a million different things went wrong there. They really should have beat BYU. Um, but I kind of forget about that Air Force game and the details because it seems like every year the game is close. Uh, the series is 29-26-3 in favor of Air Force. And um, beyond that 1988 game, which was one of the more wild games in Wyoming history and one of the, you know, one of the great folklore games, you know, you see Randy Waliak and you think of that game, no matter how many times you see Randy. Um, but this Wyoming game, I think is on par with that one. It's might not be the biggest game on their schedule, this air force game coming up Saturday, but I think if they win it, and they do something special down the road, they're going to, it's going to be a key thing. I mean, I think you could argue these are the best two teams in the mountain division. I think certainly Boise state's going to get better and have a lot to say about that. But, you know, if you win on the road Saturday night and Wyoming is an underdog in this game, uh, you know, it could be like the 96 season in terms of just being a special year. It it could. And it's so interesting too, Ryan, is this, is these teams have opened conference play, whether it's the Mountain West or the WAC. I mean, they've done that. I think this is the ninth time or something along those lines that they've opened conference play against each other. You know, and it always just seems like the Air Force game is a, is a, is a pivotal game, really, for both teams. I mean, Air Force is – they've already had a conference loss, you know. So 
And, uh, you know, again, I, I agree with you. I don't think Wyoming season is made or, you know, made or broken on, on the outcome of this game on Saturday. But I certainly do think it's important to get off a, on a good start in, in conference play, you know. And plus, it would be a road win, not just, a, in, you know, a mountain division win. It's a road win for this team if they were able to to pull that off. So it's certainly important. But it's but what's always interesting about well, any conference game, but especially the Air Force game, you get ready for the option and this and that. But how do you rebound the next week, whether you win or lose? Because, you know, playing that option or that multiple option offense, whatever Troy Callen wants to call it. I know he hates to call it the triple option. He, does, he refuses to call it the triple option, but they are multiple with it. But how do you bounce back? Because Wyoming has Fresno State coming in next week that up until the week before was nationally ranked, but still probably pretty good. So all these conference games are big, but it just seems like the opener always has just a little bit more importance. It's kind of like opening day in baseball. Yeah, you play 161 after that. There's something about that first one. And I think that's uh, I think it's a pretty important game for Wyoming. We'll see how they respond to it on Saturday. Yeah, there was a great stat in the Wyoming uh, in Tim Harkins notes this week. And, and I think it's accurate, um, but I, I think it was that these teams are four and four. Uh, when they open the conference against each other, they've each won four, and the road teams won all of them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that could go you know, well. You know, that's right. You know, and Wyoming's won their two road games so far in non-conference play. So, you know, um, hey, winning on the road isn't easy anywhere. I don't care where you go. It doesn't matter who you play. Winning on the road is just a different beast. And, uh, um, you know, I think, you, you know, There'll probably be a good amount of Wyoming fans there. They usually travel pretty well down to Colorado to the Air Force Academy, so that'll that'll help. But I'm sure that's a big game for Air Force too. They're thinking the same thing. So I'm kind of curious to get your take on this. And you know, I'm sure this has been bantered around a little. I've seen it a little bit on social media this week. But obviously, Wyoming and Colorado State is the rivalry. It's the it's the border war. You know, that's that's way up here. I, I get that. But I'll ask you, Ryan. Do you consider Wyoming and Air Force a rivalry? I do because I it's like I said it's such a closely contested game and I you know the lifestyles are totally different right you know going to school in Laramie versus being an Air Force cadet you couldn't get a lot more different than that you know I mean we lived the life of you know having fun in Laramie and and, you know doing all that and they're getting up at 4 a.m and studying and and doing push-ups and going to class and football practice, but in a lot of ways, these programs are so close in, you know, especially right now with just the mentality, it's toughness, it's running the ball, it's, you know, playing, getting the timely turnover and playing over your head on defense a little bit. It's just a really fun series to watch. I don't get tired of watching uh, Air Force run their option. I'm, I'm sure it's not fun for, Jay Savell this week, certainly, but uh, I enjoy watching it. I, I don't think I'd want to root for a team that ran it every week, um, like unless you were Nebraska and Oklahoma in the 70s and 80s and doing it that level. But uh, right. once a year, I just think it's a fun game for Wyoming fans to, for, you know, Air Force gets under Wyoming's skin because they run that thing so well. Mm-hmm. And even Wyoming teams and their fans, you're like, you know what? We have better athletes and and we've developed better football players. Why can't we stop this thing? We have Logan Wilson and Andrew Wingard and we have 
you know, Carl Granderson and, and it's just a very difficult thing to do. And uh, I kind of enjoy that aspect of it. And, you know, like I said, they're both on the front range. You know, I have family who lives in Colorado Springs. I have, you know, a lot of family who lives in Wyoming. I just think it's a great uh, series. I think it's a rivalry. I don't really care what Troy Calhoun says. I listened to his entire press conference this week. There was not one single word that you could use as a quote in the newspaper, other than he did give uh, Chad Muma a nice compliment. Well, I, I it's well, I'm, I'm not that I'm happy to hear that, but I, I see a lot of things haven't changed since, even though it's only been a couple of years since I've uh, covered it, because Troy Calhoun hasn't said anything worthy for the newspaper in all the years I covered him either. No, that's I'm not. Troy's a nice guy, not meaning that, but he just he doesn't say anything. But you know, Ryan, I <clears throat> I agree with you because I do think it's a rival. It's at least in from Wyoming's take because you know it has all the it has all the ingredients. You hit on some of them. I mean, they've been you know. Games are close, you know. That you, you mentioned the series record. Part of a rivalry is you got to beat each other. You know, one-sided rivalries like Colorado and Colorado State. To me, that's not a rivalry. You got to beat them once in a while, right? You know, they're they're in fairly close proximity. You know, they've been playing each other. Whether this is almost what the 59th or 60th meeting between these two schools, they played every year since 1980. Started back in the late 50s. You know, they played almost every year since and there was a couple small gaps in there but they played each other all the time you know there's a little drama there you know with the whole Dave Christensen thing back when in his time and the blow up after the game in Laramie there's been really good games you mentioned the Wellman game in the late 80s you know all this there's you know now there's not a traveling trophy but I don't think a traveling trophy makes a rivalry either but I mean it has all the makings of it. So I do think it is. Again, I'm sure you know Air Force maybe does have a different perspective because they've got Army, they've got Navy. I don't know if Colorado State's a rival, they play for a trophy, but what does that mean? I don't know. But I at least from Wyoming's perspective, and a lot of people I've talked to, and even doing the research for our book, Ryan, I talked to a lot of old time, a lot of players from the past that said that Air Force was almost to a lot of them were on par or even above the rivalry with Colorado State. So I think from Wyoming's perspective, or at least my perspective, I don't want to get speak for everybody. I think it is a rivalry as well. Yeah, I think a big part of it for Wyoming is that, you know, they always have, you know, 20 plus guys from Colorado uh, on their team. Um, you know, guys like Chad Mumos from Lone Tree, not far from the academy. He grew up watching Air Force football. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that's part of it. And I think you know, like I said, getting under the skin, I think a lot of Wyoming players, you know, with, with the cut blocking and uh, the Mr. Howdy bleep and duty situation. And a lot of these younger players really don't like Air Force. And, mm -hmm. and, and part of that is a credit to Air Force because Air Force, you know, beats them, you know, consistently. So uh, I do think it's more on the Wyoming side where it's a rivalry. And I, and I get the whole army Navy thing, of course, you know, it's hard to duplicate, you know, those games, certainly for those mm -hmm. guys, it means everything. Um, and, and it's a national program. They recruit, you know, elite students nationally. And uh, I think that's, we can segue into this next topic. I think that's why um, they were interested in leaving the Mountain West to join the American because, you know, what they probably figure, let's try something new and play in Philadelphia and play in Dallas and play in, Tampa and play. They don't care. They don't. The only team in the country that probably doesn't care about how far the air travel is, is, is the air force football program. So 
What did you make of that last week when Brett McMurphy and The Athletic and and a lot of very reputable national college football writers were reporting that it was very close to a done deal that Air Force and Colorado State would be leaving the Mountain West for the American and that there might be a press conference, you know, this week announcing so. What did you think of that whole thing? Well, you know, when it came from, you know, guys like McMurphy and those, like you said, those, those national guys, those guys are, those guys are some of the best around. So I certainly wasn't like I didn't believe them or believe their sources, but I just, none of, none of it, I try to wrap my head around it. Just, it didn't make sense to me now, but you brought up a good point, Ryan, at least about from the air force perspective, because they're, they're a service academy. And I think the service academies are a little different breed than, you know, the public schools like the Colorado States or the Wyoming's or, and this and that. I just think that's a little different beast. Like you said, I'm not saying that they got a bottomless budget, but you know, the travel, you know, and the expenses and all that stuff doesn't make a lot, but you know what, right. But air force does recruit all over the nation, you know? Yeah. If they played a game in, in Tampa, would that help? Yeah. Well then, well then just go schedule one. Okay. You know, you don't, I don't know about moving conferences. I don't know if, you know, I think you're right. I think, and, and after, then after <clears throat> it was decided they weren't going anywhere, the air force AD came out and had a statement about it and Basically, I don't know, the way I kind of read it was, well, you know, we're all right here, but, you know, we need a bigger and better vision and stuff. He certainly didn't have a glowing endorsement for Commissioner Craig Thompson in the Mountain West office. So, you know, if they want to do that, but for Colorado State, it, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, the TV money, you know, maybe was a little, was more than what you get in the Mountain West, but it's not that much more, you know, and you include everything else in there. You know, I guess if Air Force wants to to branch out more, you know, it's maybe more in a position to, and, and maybe it will, I, I don't know, but it certainly, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me for a lot of reasons, especially for Colorado state. Um, not really for air force, but I, you said, I don't think air force maybe looks at the same things as what Colorado state or, or, or is looking at. So I guess it remains to be seen, but, it, but I also, from their AD's comments, I don't think he's real happy with the leadership down there. And I'm, if something doesn't change, I, I guess, the way it sounds, maybe down the road, Air Force will go somewhere else or maybe even go independent. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing, considering the uh, Mountain West Conference office is about seven miles from the academy that uh, they're not on the same page there. Um, I just think CSU has some hurt feelings a little bit, and I think their current president and AD are probably feeling some heat, I would say. Um you know, this is a program that uh, put together a beautiful, beautiful new stadium uh, with the idea that it would be sold out for every game and that that would lead to them joining the Big 12 or another Power 5 conference. And here we are a few years later and that beautiful stadium uh, has created a lot of debt. It's not full. Um, when it is, it's because there's a lot of Wyoming fans there or because they, um, you know, are playing a, a marquee opponent uh, on a nice early September, fall Saturday before they've lost any games. Um, so I think they were just desperate and maybe they um, were offered buyout money, you know, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF. They have to pay a bunch of buyout money to go to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, the Americans, Commissioner's desperate. Maybe he said, you know, you can get a big cut of this buyout money and, um, you know, get out of debt and start making a little bit more money. I mean, maybe they were considering the financials, but 
in the end, I think they probably heard some pushback uh, from their fan base. Uh, you know, they can say Colorado's their real rival or whatever, but Wyoming is the rival they play every year for a tremendous trophy. Uh, their proximity to Laramie is, you know, 60-ish miles. I mean, I just can't imagine, forget the great football rivalry they have. I can't imagine CSU basketball, which uh, I think should win the Mountain West this year based on their roster. Uh, I just can't imagine them getting excited uh, at Moby Arena to have East Carolina coming in or, you know, I, I just I just think beyond the football, the basketball would take a tremendous hit. Um, when you look at those teams that are leaving uh, the American, they're all that's their best basketball, too. So mm-hmm. um, I just think it was desperate times and they considered a desperate measure. And I, I'm glad that common sense prevailed in this case. You know, I talked to Tom Berman way before this was happening and said, are you worried about the trickle down effect? Um, with, you know, Texas and Oklahoma leaving and now the Big 12's in a little bit of a pickle. Um, and it, it was already reported the three teams they were going to add, plus BYU, the four teams they were going to add. And he, I think his quote was that, you know, that the, there is no value in any team leaving the Mountain West for the American right now. Mm-hmm. And then his, his trailer was, but in this weird business, illogical things happen. And he was almost right on that fact. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you mentioned the financials, you know, another big thing in this whole thing is going to be, you know, these TV contracts for these leagues. I know the Mountain West is coming up, you know, or maybe, well, I know the Mountain West is coming up before. I think the American is all through, you know, the early 2030s. So and granted when the league, when the league changes membership, they can, they have the right to renegotiate those things. They're not going to renegotiate them for more money at this point, you know, so yeah, I don't know, but you're right. And you remember, you know, back in the 2016 or when this, the latest run of conference realignment came about, I mean, some goofy stuff happened. So I think it's safe to assume you you can expect the unexpected with this stuff, but yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to me for Colorado state or air force, you know, and air force can say what it wants or wants to branch out that that's fine. You know, again, they're a little different breed, but it just, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, but not a lot makes a lot of sense in this conference realignment stuff. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes down the road. All right. Well, before we get into uh, talking about the games this weekend, let me just say that I really love uh, that poster you have over your uh, left shoulder there of the border war cover. Um, If any fans are interested in the border war book or, or any of the other books that I wrote, I wrote about, you know, the black 14 and the baseball program and, uh, Kenny Saylor's book, just get a hold of us on Twitter or my emails, ryan.thorburn at trib.com. Uh, and we can get you a book, believe me. Yeah, and we got plenty of Border War books around. So if you need one, you know, Ryan and I can hook you up easy. You know, my emails, gagliardi.robert06 at gmail.com. You know, we'll, we'll hook you up, you know, probably give you a pretty good deal too. So, yeah, and Ryan's other books are just outstanding. So, yeah, if, you know, you know, it's football season, you know, the holidays are coming, uh, you need something like that, we, we got you covered. We definitely got you covered. All right, Robert, I've been, you know, obviously digging in on this game all week, and we'll pick this one last, but we'll talk about it a little bit. But 
You know, Air Force has a vintage offense for them. Uh, they lead the nation in rushing right now by a, a wide margin. Army's number two. Uh, they just eviscerated New Mexico last week. I mean, it was something. They scored on their first four possessions. They led 24 nothing at halftime. Uh, I think they had possession of the ball well over 40 minutes. I mean, New Mexico had no chance, and they have Rocky Long as a defensive coordinator. I mean, this thing is rolling. At the same time, uh, Craig Bull has a history with the option. You know, he played for Tom Osborne, coached for Tom Osborne on the defensive side. He saw that option for many years every day in practice. And then uh, he worked uh, at Rice um, as, an, as a program that um, the name of uh, that coach is escaping me right now that he worked for. But that guy was uh, – uh, Hatfield's defensive coordinator at Air Force before he took the Rice job. So he's familiar with the Air Force tree, Fisher DeBerry, all of that stuff. And they had an extra week to prepare for this thing. Uh, I think that gives Wyoming uh, a real good chance in this game. That and the fact that they have a healthy Sean Chambers this time. I know um, you might not have been at the 19 game. You might have already hung it up uh, by that point. But um, that game is a game where Wyoming actually played a really good Air Force team well defensively. They just obviously didn't have chambers and, and couldn't uh, took they the move, forward. They couldn't move the ball. Right. Yeah, they took the forward pass back to the 30s, Wyoming did in that game. So <laughs> um, I think this is a more balanced Wyoming offense and a more balanced Wyoming team with the offense uh, contributing more so. So I think it's going to be a heck of a game because this is a good Air Force team. Yeah, I, I think so too, Ryan. You know, I'll be curious too how, you know, you know, Wyoming fans remember, you know, the Marcus Epps and Andrew Winger and even, um, oh boy, the name is or Elijah, you know, Halliburton, you know, those those defensive backs coming up in the run support. You know, a lot of these defensive backs now, you know, I know Braden Smith's played a lot of football and even, you know, they all have played a lot of football, but they haven't seen that option at least as much. You know, they've seen it, but not as much as those guys. And I think, you know, as you know, Ryan, <clears throat> playing Air Force is assignment-oriented. Well, all football is assignment-oriented, but really it's, it just gets hit home even more against Air Force. So, you know, that'll be interesting, you know, see what kind of push the line gets. But I think Wyoming's, you know, it's, in a lot of ways, I think Wyoming almost to play, has to play keep away against Air Force where, you know, they need to they need to possess the ball and they need to keep it, but they also need to be balanced, you know, because Air Force is what one of the best rushing defenses in the country right now. So if Wyoming can run the ball and establish that, that's that's great. They need to be balanced. You know, they need to go on those 10, 12 yard or 12 play drives that eats up clock and obviously finish it with points, more importantly, touchdowns keep that air force offense off the field if they can i think that's going to be a big key i, I you know a, a lot of times a lot of coaches a lot of people say you know time of possession means nothing in a, in football i think in a game like this i think it's going to assuming you finish your drives with points but i think that's going to be really key for wyoming is to be continue to be balanced what are they you know throwing at 51% of the times running at 49 i mean they that's about as balanced as you can get that you know that's as balanced as maybe Craig Bowles' offense has been since he's been at Wyoming to this point. So if they can get that balance on offense, a good mix, and, uh, you know, score points and keep that, you know, the defense make plays, get off the field when they can. I like Wyoming's chances, but if they let Air Force do what it wants, it could also be a long evening down there on Saturday. Yeah, make no mistake, Wyoming is still a, a run-dominant team. Uh, that percentage that's in their notes is actually – 
their yardage. 51% of their yardage is passing. Oh, okay. And 49% okay, okay. of their and 49% of their yardage is running. Of course, uh, the snaps are going more to the to the run game. And I wrote about Xavion Valde earlier this week, just the exact point you were making. You know, here's a guy who's led the Mountain West in rushing the last two years. He's the first team all Mountain West guy. He's having a nice year. He's averaging 85 yards per carry. Uh, touch, you know, four touchdowns through four games, a couple hundred yard games. But it's it's kind of been uh, let's keep Xavion healthy approach. Like let's get Titus Swin a bunch of carries. Let's uh, you know. Uh, McNeely, DeWyan McNeely, right? In the, in the uh, Ball State game, was it? Got a bunch of carries. So there's, they've been kind of saving Valade for these moments, and, and I think they need a big performance from him. Maybe, uh, you know, he has 150 yards this game or something like that. Maybe he gets, uh, you know, closer to the 25 carry mark than he's, than he's coming. And, and that's kind of a fine line because Titus Wynn is a really hard runner too. Um, but I, you're, to your point, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of possessions in this game, so you better make them long ones and make them touchdowns uh, if you want to win. What's curious about this to me, like you mentioned, like Air Force is 13th nationally in stopping the run, four, in the top 20 in, in scoring defense, and this is after getting absolutely shredded in a 48-45 loss to Utah State where they gave up over 600 yards and over 400 yards uh, through the air. So. They've had one really bad game and just four dominant games. So, you know, and, and, and maybe some of that, again, not watching all the Air Force's games or doing a lot of research on it now, but you're right. You know, the, you know, Utah State Shredder, I'm sure Wyoming's coaches have been looking at that film awful hard this week as well. But the other teams, they've just bludgeoned. So, you know, they're forcing the, those teams have to throw the ball to even kind of get back in the game or try to just survive. So maybe. Maybe in some ways those those rushing totals are a little skewed that way just because they've been up so big and the other teams have had to try to throw the ball to get back in the game. So, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I do think they do have a good defense. They're, they're, they're tough. You know, another thing that's about Air Force, and I think Craig Bull said this earlier this week, reading your stuff, Ryan, is this is one of the more physical teams. I mean, when you think of Air Force, you don't think of the big guys up front on either offense or defense. You know, they're – Arguably, some of the smallest guys in college football that play the line, and that's changing over there. I mean, their offensive line averages close to what three hundred pounds now, and one of their one of their guards is what three thirty or something like that. I'm like, that's that's unheard of, you know. And it's been trending that way. It's not like this is just new this year. They have been getting bigger, but it's not it's not quite the same now. Are they do they match up toe to toe with everyone in the Mountain West or in the country? No, but that's it's not the same Air Force stuff as it was in the past. You know, when the the center was 250, you know, you know, that's, that's changed a lot. And that's, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting kind of shift there. I wonder how all that came about. How, how did that, how, how, how that was allowed or work to let these guys get that big. Cause I don't know. Last time I checked those cockpits and those planes don't get, aren't, aren't that big. So I don't, maybe these guys are doing, maybe they're mechanics or training or something like that. I don't know, but it's, it's not quite the same as it used to be. Yeah, these guys aren't going to be flying jets, these offensive linemen, because to your point, they are really big and they're really good and it's a new unit. They didn't have any returning starters like Wyoming does. And Wyoming has a lot of returning starters. So um, it's interesting. I think Calhoun's and his offensive line coach have done a great job this year 
of getting ready. You know, I know 2020 was a bizarre year for everyone and they had all the turnbacks and they didn't show up to Laramie because of COVID. Um, you know, it's interesting because in conference games, you mentioned they joined the WAC in 1980. They, Air Force leads in conference games only 2019. So uh, Wyoming didn't get that chance to tie it up last year and uh, they'll be chomping at the bit to do that. Um, before we, we pick the game, um, let's go through the Mountain West and uh, just pick some games quickly against the spread. And, and you know, gambling's legal in Wyoming now. Um, we don't have any sponsors for this podcast yet because I haven't posted any podcasts, but uh, we'll just, I'll just use the BetMGM lines in case someone's listening or someone else wants to make me use another line. Um, let's start with uh, Boise State at our old friend BYU, number 10 BYU. Uh, the Broncos, two and three now, coming off a, their second home loss on the blue turf to Nevada, uh, are getting five and a half points. That seems like uh, BYU should be favored by more, but I think Boise State – you know, they've played a pretty hard schedule. What do you think of, of this one? You know, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's odd to see, B, you know, Boise with a losing record. And, you know, Nevada went into their place and, and, and beat them pretty good. I mean, it's 10 points, but, you know, you know, beat them pretty good. But, you know, that the offensive line for Boise right now is just not what, it, what it's been in the past. You know, and Bachmeyer is taking an absolute beating this year. It's kind of amazing that he's still upright and still playing. You know, they're good on and they, you know, they're still very good. And maybe they're still trying to get their, you know, the feeling with with Andy Avalos as the coach, but BYU is good again. You know, they played three different quarterbacks and they're still 10th ranked. But to go to Provo and that's a rivalry game, I could see it being closer, but I, I gotta take BYU in the points just more than anything because they're at home and and there's you know, they're kind of on a roll a little bit. And I think they get some guys back healthy. So I gotta go BYU in this one, you know, but I know that's pain. It pains me both. They can't, there's no ties in college football anymore. So you can't hope for that. So I got to go with BYU and the points at home. I think Vegas must know something. I, I, I thought it would be more like a 10 point spread. I know BYU's top two quarterbacks are, are questionable with injuries, but they've been practicing in a limited basis. So uh, I'm going to take Boise to cover. I don't know why it just, it just seems like Vegas must know something and, you know, Boise, uh, you know, they've turned this into a good rivalry. These two teams have signed it on for the long term. So, uh, you know, that'll be a big 12 game someday that Boise State hopefully can hang on to in the non-con if, if they aren't joining the big 12. Um, San Jose State, your reigning Mountain West champion, uh, get, gets two and a half points against Colorado State, one and three Colorado State. This game's at Canvas Stadium in Fort Collins. Um, interesting line there. I mean, before the season, you'd be like, oh, wow, Colorado State must be good. But I think uh, the Spartans had uh, took advantage of the unusual 2020. I think they're regressing back to the mean. I think they've regressed a little bit, Ryan, but I know the, the Starkle, their, their starting quarterback was out last week, but the guy that replaced him had a, pre had a pretty good game. Granted, it was against New Mexico State, but still, he was all right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There's a Colorado State is just an enigma to me. I mean, they've got, you know, the quarterback play is, you know, not that great. Although it sounds like character-wise and everything else, 
the guy's just outstanding, but obviously you got to have the results on the field, but you know, they got weapons on offense. They probably have the best tight end in the country, you know, and their defense has got some guys on there, especially up front. So, you know, but San Jose has been building for this. So I'm going to take San Jose in the points at, at Canvas stadium. This is a huge game for Colorado state. Cause if they, if they don't get this one at home, you know, this thing could spire a lot of control for them, you know, and they, you know, they played Iowa really well. It's set up for them to get this one and maybe, you know, see what they can do in, in, in the rest of league play. But I'm going to take San Jose and the points in this one. I think they pull it out and we'll just see. I'm going to take the Spartans. All right. I'm going to take uh, Colorado State. I think they're getting better. I know Wyoming fans don't want to hear that, but I think they're getting better each week. Um, starting off with South Dakota State was just a bad way to start. I mean, that's a really good team. Uh, kind of like starting out with Montana State. I mean, those are two teams you don't want to play unless you're ready to play. And uh, they were not ready to play. But the way they played Iowa, I mean, they kind of have, they have, you mentioned McBride. I mean, he's not only up for the uh, Mackey Award, he's also up for the Blinnikoff. He's a special player. Uh, I'm kind of surprised he came back. I think it was smart. I think his stock is going through the roof now in terms of the NFL, but I think McBride gets them in position and they, they win by a field goal. So I'll take Colorado state um, last mountain West game before we get into Wyoming's game, um, New Mexico getting 19 and a half at number 25, San Diego state. Yeah. This is a battle of, of friends, Brady Hoke, you know, Rocky knows Danny Gonzalez. Well, you know, you mentioned Rocky Long's a defensive coordinator. You know, they coached together. Brady Hope replaced Rocky when he left and, you know, this and that. And But San Diego State's, you know, San Diego State's San Diego State. You know, I don't know. I, again, not having, I have not seen them play this year. I don't, you know, I don't know how their quarterback plays, but they're 4-0. You know, I know they can run it. I know they can defend you. You know, and I think New Mexico's getting better. I think Danny Gonzalez is building something there but I still think there's a lot of bricks to be put up yet, you know, and I thought they, I thought they would play air force tougher last, last week. I didn't expect them to win, but I thought that would be a closer game, especially in, in just in the toughness aspect. So 19 and a half is a lot of points, but I'm going to take, I'm going to take New Mexico to cover that, but it won't, it'll just be a typical kind of ugly San Diego state win, but even though they'll, you know, maybe it'd be like 20 to three, but it'd be more, it'd feel like more like 40 to three because they're going to dominate them, but they're not going to just score a lot of points. So I'm going to, I'm going to give, give the points to New Mexico, but New Mexico, but San Diego state wins. I agree with you on that one. 19 and a half is too much for San Diego state. They don't, they might not even score 20 points. I mean, it could be 17 zero. So uh, I think, I think, Rocky Long, I don't think he's just cashing checks and mailing it in. I think he's going to be fired up to face his old team. Uh, and I think he got served some humble pie last week by Troy Calhoun. That would make anyone mad. So um, mm-hmm. I think Rocky Long will have something for, for Brady Hoke. But uh, I think just Brady Hoke just has you know better players right now. So I will agree with you, and I will take uh, New Mexico to, to cover those 19 and a half. All right, Wyoming is getting five points at Air Force. Uh, I believe this opened at two points. So uh, the public or the sharp, somebody's putting money down on on the Falcons. And I think it makes a lot of sense if you look at 
you know, their numbers that we went over. I mean, they're number one in rushing, good rushing defense, just a solid overall team. And then obviously Wyoming's coming off a situation where they were a 30 plus point favorite at UConn and, and escaped with a two point win. So I think uh, recency bias or whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of people think air force is going to win this game. What do you think? Man, it's a, it, could, it can go either way, but you know, I think Wyoming coming off a of bye week and have some extra time to, you know, heal up and also prepare. And I know in times, even in times in fall camp, not being there this year, but I've seen Craig Bull do this. I saw a lot of coaches do this. They'll, they'll take some segments during camp and prepare for that option type offense. So I think they're going to be prepared for it. I think it's going to be kind of similar. It's going to be a close game. I think Wyoming's going to get the ball last. I think they're going to go down and rally, you know, drive, and I think they're going to kick a field goal at the end to win it. So I think Wyoming gets this one um, by the skin of their teeth, you know, kind of like what we've seen a lot so far this season. So I think Wyoming wins it by two points. They're, you know, they're down, they're down one late. They go down and they kick a field goal to get out of, out of the academy with a win. Yeah, I think, you know, after um, covering the Montana State game and then writing one version of the story when Wyoming's up 42-16 against Northern Illinois, writing another version when Northern Illinois is winning. I mean, how can you come back after blowing that? And then writing a third version when Wyoming actually pulls it off. And then, you know, planning to have an early night of sleep in Yukon and fly back from the East coast and have that ruined by a crazy game. I can tell you one thing, this game's going to come down to the wire. It's going to come down to the wire. So, you know, with Wyoming catching, you know, getting the five and a half uh, or the five, actually uh, you have to take Wyoming there. I think, I think if they lose, it'll be a heartbreaker, a last second field goal or something like that. Um, they, they're kind of embracing this cardiac Cowboys thing. So I think even if Air Force scores late, if there's a minute or two left, I think they think they've, they're going to take it. So uh, I will take Wyoming to cover, and I think uh, it's a toss-up whether they get to 5-0 and or not. I think they've got a really good chance. Uh, you know, if you're planning the schedule and you're Craig Bull, I think you plan the bye week where it was this year. Yeah. Yeah. Good time to have it. See what they do because it, you know, there's not going to be an easy conference game for anyone in this league. I think one thing I've noticed in the league, again, just from afar, yeah, I know UNLV is really bad, but I think from top to bottom with all 12 teams, this league is pretty good. You know, even UNLV's had some closer calls. They're they're getting closer. Again, they're a ways away, but they're getting closer. Hawaii beating Fresno and Fresno's ranked. I mean, seeing what Nevada's doing, they were expected to do well, you know. This is a good league. I, every every week could be like this for Wyoming for everybody. I think league plays. I'd be really surprised if there's a lot of blowouts in in Mountain West play week in and week out from from for the rest of the season. All right, Robert. Will you enjoy uh, cold, refreshing brew or whatever you've got planned on Saturday night while you're watching this thing? And think about me writing after the game and and what you know what that's like. It's. Uh, yeah, it's fun, to, I, it's fun to be on the couch, isn't it? It's you know I'm I, I'm not going to lie to you, Ryan. I'm not I, I'm getting used to this. All right, you know this adjustment. <laughs> you know maybe wasn't as bad as I thought. So and also just beware. Just you know hope you got some leg workouts in because remember you got to walk up all those steep steps to get up and down the press box. Going down yeah. is not that bad. Getting back up's uh, 
it's a little bit of a chore. So just know that going in. So, you know, get, you get a little exercise, you know, get, you know, get yourself prepared, not just mentally for that grind of riding, but the physical part too. Cause I know I've got out of there just absolutely gassed. So, All right. well, I'm still going to drag you into the season every week on the pod. So thanks for uh, joining me today and thanks for tuning in everybody. And, and we will talk to you next week to see what happened. Thanks again.